in the book Netivot Olam by Maharal. You heard about Maharal or Frag? Everything. And he's bringing amazing, amazing concepts and understandings out of that. And then comes the moment that before of the Kiddush itself, it's written that it's good to look at the wine. And he says that the wine is the actual blessing, the actual bounty that you have in your life. This is that wine. This is why we fill the glass the top and and then he says an amazing idea that the one that is looking at the bounty in his life becomes actually blessed in reality it's becoming like an actual blessing in his life by looking at the blessing and the bounty that you have you become blessed okay and then He's saying that, he's saying that when someone tries to curse the one that is blessed, actually blessed, like in real time, he's now blessed. Blessing is like a shield against curses. Okay? Again, how did he gain that shield? By looking at the, at the bounty and the blessing in his life. He's maintaining the blessing and the bounty in his life. So the one that is trying to curse, the one that is blessed, the curse is coming back on, he, on himself. Because the shield of the blessing is stronger than a curse. But the curse is already exists somewhere spiritually in the world. It goes back the one, to the one that tried to curse. And it was totally by Ashgaha. I didn't plan it, but it was exactly connected to the story of Bilam, who is coming and trying to curse the people of Israel. Now, again, as you already know me, I'm trying to look about things in my own private life. And it made me understand that what we're talking about is unity, and duality. The blessing is a state of unity, a state of understanding the completeness of reality with all of the blessing and the bounty that there is. Because the reality itself is what that there is. It's only bounty. <laughs> it's what that there is, not what that there, there is not. It doesn't lack Nothing, basically, philosophically, let's say. We lack because we want different things than what there is. We wish for other things. We remember what we had and now we want it again. That unity is the blessing. And the curse is the duality. That there is what there is. They want something else. Duality and unity also comes in other aspects. A unity of the one 
which we can experience only through ourselves, we can experience the unity of the One through the consciousness that is appearing through us, each and every one of us, right? This is unity. That unity brings us to a place that is not needy or not dependent on no one else of the One. To have a strong inner core that will not break, actually not influenced by nothing external. What he, she thinks about me, what they said about me, what happened to me. I am going through a very, very long and tough journey in my spirit, with my emotions, my feelings, my thoughts. But what is influencing me? This is the question. Is it inner? Or is it coming because I need someone to approve me? I need someone to... Right? This is a different aspect where unity and duality comes into our life. Duality is the beginning of the plural. It, it doesn't matter. If you have three, it's more cursed. <laughs> if you have five, you're cursed even more. This is idol worshipping already. The one that is blessed is in unity. And the one that is cursed is in that separation. In that duality and chas v'shalom even more. Now, what Maharal is saying that to curse the one that is already blessed, the curse is coming back on the one that is cursing, is very simple if we look at it that way. Because when I'm standing for myself and I'm not influenced by what people say about me. Again, it's not that I'm not feeling nothing. It's not that I'm not understanding a message if someone is trying to talk to me. No, I'm not influenced. I'm going to stay at your home. No, if he wants me to go away, I will go. But I'm not going to lose the feeling and the confidence and the basic right to live, to feel alive, to feel blessed, to be connected to Hashem, to feel that I'm loved. I'm not going to lose that for no reason, for no external reason, and for no reason at all. So if I'm not affected by no one, it means that I'm blessed. And the one that is trying to curse others, he is already cursed because he sees life and reality in that way. And when he is trying to curse someone, it means that he is trying to bring him to that duality, to care and to be affected and to break because he's so ashamed, he was so offended, whatever. 
and he sees that it's not making no effect, immediately he is the one that is ashamed, he is the one that is offended. And this is what Bilam is saying, Bagoim Loit Hashav, the nation of Israel is staying in a different dimension that it doesn't care about other nations, other people. Not because we don't care about humanity, because there is no force that can break the blessing that we have in our life. Again, only if we are devoted to it. If we look at the wine, if we look at the bounty and the blessing in our life and observe it, when one is in that unity, the experience totally changes. You can hear more and can see and can feel more than the simple message that was said in the conversation. Like you have four aspects in the Torah. You have the Pshat, the simple understanding, the Remes, the clues, the Drash, all of the learnings, and the Sod and the secrets. The Torah is everything. The Torah is every conversation that you have in your life. It's every history lesson that you learned about Second World War or Ancient Greek. It's everywhere. If you understand and live Torah. If you live a life of Torah, you find Torah. So the one that is in that unity with that inner core of confidence, living with, with Hashem, being loved, having a right to live, to exist, without the need to apologize all the time. It's beyond pride and humbleness. When someone is coming to you and now is giving you all of his love and good words, it's not that you become arrogant. You know, not to care is not only to not to care from the negative. It's really not to care. He's trying to break me so I'm going to avoid him. No, I'm not there. I will not break from no one and I will not get into arrogance by no one. Start to come to me and to tell me you changed my life. You saved my life. Your music is so amazing. Your message is so clear. It's so, you know, all the, the fantasies that I have about myself. It's nothing. <laughs> if someone is coming and giving me all of the good words that he have, the truth is that I now see someone that has a good eye. That really, if he enjoyed something that I did, it's important for him to come and to say, and to give a good word, to strengthen me. So I take that. I take strengthening from him, to strengthen others. I take a good eye. And when you see someone that is trying to break you, you deny that. You understand? Okay, I'm not going to behave like that. You meet beyond the simple message that is thrown into the air between you, you find the attributes, what to take and what to deny. And again, the one that is cursed, the one that is in that duality, it's 
Okay, so now he's offended. You have no time to, to understand something about attributes because he's offended now. He's not free to observe. And this is the basic to all of the Kedusha and Holiness matters. Because to build how a couple can live without living a duality. <laughs> how can you build your relationship? Only when each one has his own self-relationship with the Creator, like we said. And the relationship is based on, a, on respect to that relationship that one has with the Creator, to each other. We just got into those hardest three weeks of the year when Allah is commanding us to lower our happiness. All the time, be happy, be happy, be strong. Positive messages. And now, okay, it's not a negative message. Don't get in, don't fall into sadness, but lower your happiness. And it's a very, very important definition. Lower your happiness, don't fall into sadness. Listen to whatever music you need if you see that you're going to fall into sadness. Okay, I'm giving you that halakha. Even that I'm not a posek. But if you see that you're about to fall into sadness, listen to music. What's the meaning of lowering happiness? What's the need of lowering happiness? And how is it connected to the mourning and to, to the loss of our holy temple. The house is ruined. The couple is separated. The relationship is broken. And Hashem Barach is telling us, you're my wife. And Hashem Barach is saying through the prophet in the verse, show me where is the get? Where is the document? that you have to, sh to tell me that I, I uh, divorced your mother. I, I never gave her that document, that get. We're still married. I didn't go to build another home. I'm, I'm looking for my home. I'm looking for my family. Where are you? And he said a beautiful thing. I never heard it. I don't know if it's his own private chidush or it's something that is known in the world of Torah between rabbis and people but anyway he's saying that the rabbi that is called Rabenu Gershom and he's called Meor Agola the light of the exile the light in the exile the one that was lightening the exile and that's a very very strong title brought the light to the exile we have two husks two main husks to interpretate the broken family. The one, the Christian husk, is saying, he left you, and we are his new wife. And the second husk is the Islamic one. It says, you weren't good enough, you didn't satisfy him, so he took us as a second wife. We share the same husband. So why is Rabbeinu Gershom called the light of the exile? 
because he gave two new halachot, very, very important, that were, in a way, the prophecy and the beginning of the new modern world of families and relationships. And his two halachot are that. One, that you cannot force a woman to divorce, which basically, according to the Torah, it seems like it's allowed. The wife cannot divorce. It's the man that is divorcing her, that is sending her away. Okay? This is the simple way of Torah. And there are some evil husbands that don't give that document and don't divorce the women. And it's an awful, awful situation. For years, they're waiting to be divorced to build their lives. It's very, very, it's a horrible situation. And rabbis, in, back then in, in history, they used to, like, give him, a, how do you say, with, beat, to, him beat him, yes. <laughs> Until he says, okay, she's divorced. Anyway, there is no way anymore to divorce a woman, to, to force her to divorce only to get to, a, to a, an agreement of divorce which covers the claim of Christianity. It's not that I divorced you and I took another wife because there is no way to force the divorce. And the second halacha is that you're not allowed to take two women anymore which covers the Islamic claim. This is the light of the exile. Why is it so important to know that? Because either way, there is no salvation to the world according to the other paths that Christianity or Islam is trying to offer. What can you say if the main base root of, of your belief is that cruelty of, an, of a father that abandoned his child or, and his wife and broke the house and just went to build a new life? What kind of a salvation are you offering to the world if this is the base of your belief? And what kind of a life you're offering to the world if you're saying that whenever your wife is not satisfying you enough, you're just going and bring a new one instead of dealing with your issues two ways instead of dealing with your issues you're just doing whatever you want and you don't care about no one else if it, this is what it stands in the core of your religion and belief what kind of a salvation can you offer to humanity and to the world so the light of the exile is not the light of us as the Jewish nation, the Israeli nation that needs a comfort in the exile. It's to show again that there is hope to the world and that there is a, a real true salvation that is still an option. This is why Hashem is saying, I took all of my angers on the stones and trees to keep you. It's only the house that is broken, not the family. 
Show me the document. There is no document. I never divorced your mother. Why are you so broken? Why did you go to the exile to believe the Christians and the, the, the Arabs, the Islam? This is our exile. That we don't stand as the nation of Israel. We believe the Christians and the Arabs. This is the exile today. We follow all of the wicked, worst understandings, commentations to reality, all of the European Union nonsense about concepts of peace. And this is why Sweden is going to be an Islamic state soon. This is why France is already an Islamic state. This is why Germany is becoming Islamic state. Because this is what they can offer. And hopefully, soon enough, we're going to get out of it. And if it's not too late, they as well. But I'm not sure that it's not too late, actually, to tell you. For them. This is the curse that is coming back to them. Unfortunately, I'm saying that. Moshe Rabbeinu is understanding that the times of the desert are about to be over and the nation is about to get into the Holy Land. And it's not that he's desperate from begging and asking to get into the Holy Land, but in case that he won't, he's very, very worried. What kind of a leader Hashem is going to choose for Am Yisrael? Because Hashem was so impressed by what Pinchas did with his extremist approach that Moshe is very, very worried. Maybe Hashem is going to choose Pinchas to lead the nation. And it's not his way. It's not the way he thinks the leader should be. As a leader of the nation that Hashem also, also chose, standing in that position and canceling the judgments all the time. This is how the system works. There is a judgment that is arising and there is a righteous man that is cancelling it. If the new uh, uh, leader is going to be a one that believes in judgments, what's going to happen? It's going to be a disaster. This is exactly what makes Moshe afraid. And Moshe is saying, If God Hashem He's telling Hashem, please, we're going to need a new leader for the nation, and you're the God of the spirits to all flesh. So it's written in the holy books that Moshe is actually saying to Hashem, every flesh has a spirit inside it, like we know. But the true leader is the one that can stand in front of all spirits. If someone, some spirit that is trying to go in a wrong way, he has a stronger spirit to block and to stop that. And to put all spirits together in, in, one, in one camp, in one unit, in one nation, to be the spirit of the nation. And to confront every spirit that is going in a different way in order to keep the unity. The question is how he does it. 
spiritually or with force. What Pinchas did, it was an extreme situation. It was a very, very hard situation. But he did an act, a very extreme act. Moshe Rabbeinu says that this is an only something that needs to happen. In an extreme situation, you do an extreme act. But basically, the way of the Israeli leader is a spiritual way. It's a way that spiritually you, you can affect the nation and the people. Without doing so many manipulations and strong not not in that way of spiritualism. Just to show a light of truth. And when a judgment arises, to cancel it. Not to go with it. Pinchas saw a judgment and he took it all the way. So immediately Hashem is telling him, don't worry. The next leader is your student, Yoshua that is so humble and is your own student. He learned from you. He will follow your ways. And we can see that there is something about the ability to be patient, to, to contain reality, to contain the differences, to contain everything, and to influence spiritually, bringing peace that this is the way of Moshe Rabbeinu, this is the way of the true Israeli leader. So is it good or bad? It, it's good. It, what was needed in that situation. And there is a lot of aspects to it because it's also the name that the Torah is using is Kinah, jealousy. It was, he used this je- the force of jealousy. Jealousy to the honor of Hashem. Jealousy to the honor of Moshe. This was what was driving him. If you look into the details of the situation there, you can see that that man came to Moshe and he told him, is that woman allowed or not? Because if you say she's not, who allowed you your own wife? Right? And Moshe is frozen in that situation. He doesn't know what to do. And this is the moment when Pinchas jumps into the, into, the, into the ring. And it's very, very deep. Because that jealousy, again, Kinai is also, uh, Kanai is an extreme person. Someone that is Kanai for something, very extreme. Like you see, in, uh, a husband that is very jealous is also extreme, it might be extreme. The true holy jealousy is when you're willing to, to risk yourself and you don't have a personal touch in the situation. And this is why Moshe is frozen, because he has a personal touch. If he says that, he can, it's, it's true. It's also talking about his own personal life. But Pinchas had only what to lose in that situation. And this is what shows that it was a pure, holy jealousy to the honor of Hashem. With no personal touch. And he's being rewarded, but he didn't know that he's 
going to be rewarded for that. It, it's not, it wasn't about that he had only what to lose. You know, once I went with my family, we were walking in the street and I had a bag with a lot of water in it. And it was heavy. I felt it in my shoulders, in my back. It was heavy for me. So I was asking my children and my wife, let's drink. <laughs> it's heavy to carry in here. Let's drink it. Okay, children, they don't drink so much. So I decided I am going to drink now. I was drinking, I drank like more than I was naturally about to drink. And then I had an amazing thought. I'm still carrying that water. How could it be that it's not heavy anymore? <laughs> oh, it's in your body. Yes, I'm still carrying it. <laughs> And then I got in a beautiful lesson, a beautiful lesson. Because when some, something is external to you, it's heavy. But when you contain it, it's different. It's different. When you're able to really, really accept it, that this is reality, it's not, it's not that this is your vision, that it's supposed to be that way, but now it's that way. And there is no other way for it to be because this is the choice and the judgment that it's going to be that way. This is what the heavenly court said in that specific second in history of creation. This is the way the world is going to look. This is the way your private life is going to look. It's touch touching also Korach. Korach had a vision, he saw all, everyone is holy, everyone is, uh, everything is, who are you to, to rule us, who are you to lead us? He was trying to force his own powers on reality. And in a deeper aspect, he wasn't honoring Hashem, he wasn't honoring reality. You have any idea how to influence, how to change? First of all, understand, this is reality. Now, how can we go further? How can we grow something out of that reality? So in the case of Pinchas, that did that extreme act, that broke everything. He did it with no touch of a personal interest. So Hashem appreciates that. You're not honoring my reality, but you're doing it for my own honor because you don't have no self-personal interest in it. But Korach, some pride was involved, some self-interest was involved. That's it. You're not honoring me? You're coming to the, to the palace and you're not honoring the king? First rule of faith is to contain reality the way it is. And if you're not able to contain it, it's going to be heavy, okay. But still, respect the king and carry it. And go to a wise person, go to a rabbi, go to a righteous man, go to a good friend, go to the field, find the way 
to deal with your issues and don't break don't break yourself don't break no one don't force no one again like we said about relationships about the family don't go away find a new wife go, don't go away that's not the way and this is the meaning of lowering our happiness don't go away stay still confront all of your pains all of your issues don't go to party now don't go to eat don't go to drink this is why we're fasting certain days no respect and when you respect Hashem that way when you're not running nowhere for three weeks you know our sages say that when is Mashiach born he's born in Tisha B'Av after three weeks we're not able to miss that temple we don't if you take Chas V'Shalom an orphan that his parents died when he was a month old he's feeling the pain of missing loss of something but he's not able to mourn on his parents because he didn't know he never knew them it's not about that it's a different it's a different pain it's a different kind of pain and this is the kind of a pain that we suffer for our holy temple we don't know what it is at all we have no no even a slight approach to, to start no crack in to, no idea about it it's only stories it's only words but we have enough pain in our own lives and it's all reflections for the same breaking that the Creator himself is going through not having a house his own home in his own creation if we connect to it through our own lives we're going to find that unity and we're going to find the meaning that we are able to reach and it's good enough because this is what we're meant for and this is what that is going to be the personal salvation and without Hashem soon the plural salvation and that's it this is the way it works just don't go away just don't break yourself don't break no one concentrate on growing growing out of that exact reality that you live it don't wish for nothing else only for a process of growth out of that reality no if there were no industries of these industries of that if there was no uh, religions if there was no it's all nonsense it's all running away stay in your own self core confident right to live being loved one unity and see how to grow out of it this is the mission good luck